Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Prayer connects us with God. You want to connect with God? Then you need to enter into prayer. And just pour out to Him. And even if you're, you're not like good with your words, you know what? God can make known what your heart is. Even if your words are scrambled, God knows your heart and that's what He's looking at. So be encouraged. If you can't pray well, you know what? So what? God knows your heart. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us what a wonderful gift God has given us in prayer. Even when we struggle to know the words to say, God listens and knows what's in our hearts. He wants to be the first place we turn, whether our hearts are burdened or full of joy. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of today's message. All right, if you have your Bibles, open to 1 Samuel chapter 2. The more and more I'm getting into this book, I'm loving it. Dynamite, man. And uh, tonight we're going to look at Hannah's prayer. Hannah's prayer, and we learned who Hannah was last week. Uh, she was a woman, and she was married, and she had, uh, I was told last week, with multiple wives, it's called sister wives, and so she had a sister wife, because that's what was going on in this time frame, and uh, that other wife, her name was Peninnah, and she tormented Hannah. Draw, drew, just pushed her into depression, it was so bad, but yet God overcame, how coincidence is that? the sorrow in her heart and blessed her with a child and that child's name was what church samson yes samson but before we get into hannah's prayer you guys i want to share a poem you ready for a poem it says speak to him then for he hears and the spirit with spirit can meet closer is he than breathing and nearer than the hands or feet that was a poem written by Alfred Lord Tenson, speaking of prayer. And let me tell you, I personally am just enjoying my own prayer time with God because that is how I am feeling. I feel like my spirit, which is God's spirit, are one, connecting together in one in prayer. And it's where our, our spirits can come together, and it's God closer than breathing my own breath. And guess what? We all have that within us. We just have to let ourselves go and trust in God and just rely on His Spirit to lead us in these times of prayer. Because prayer, you guys, is so very, very powerful. As you know that we've been praying for a lot of different things as a church. Sicknesses, it looks like, to be the main topic. But you know what? God is healing in and through that. Last week I mentioned about Pastor Huck, who went through a quadruple bypass, who was on the operating table for over 12 and a half hours, and who is now just released out of the hospital. So when we are praying to God, when we are just denying ourselves and just entering into the throne room of God and letting the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer connect with God the Father, mighty things happen. And it's closer than breathing. Closer is He than breathing. Can you imagine that? I can. So tonight we look at this prayer from Hannah. Verses 1 through 11 will be our text. And we are going to see a, a woman who is rejoicing and praising God. But also, through her prayer, the Lord speaks a powerful word 
for those who are operating in a prideful spirit. And so Hannah points out in verse 8 of our text, and I'm just going to read it right now, the power and the authority that God, the one who she's praying to, has. It says at the end of verse 8, it says, For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. So when every time you're entering into the throne room of God, you know who you're praying to. The one who has all authority, the one who has, has the pillars and he has the world sitting on them. Very powerful, right? God points out the authority of God here in her prayer. But Hannah, you guys, you've got to realize, and just kind of recapping last week, her life was just totally radically changed. Her life was drastically changed. Uh, for many years, this woman, Penina, was putting her down. Year by year, the word said. Year by year, it says that she was just, uh, what does it say? In verse 6, she provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. This woman, Hannah, could not bear children. And for a woman, this was a big deal. And it is still a big deal for many women today not to be able to have children. And so this other woman who had children, it doesn't tell us how many children she had, but she was just hammering Hannah. Why? Well, because Elkanah gave her double portions when it came to offering to the Lord. And, and, and so she was, uh, to my heart, I would think that she was jealous of the attention that this husband was giving to Hannah. So Hannah went into this time of grieving and so she literally cried out to God to grant her a child. And sure enough, as we learn that God heard her cry, and God granted and answered Hannah's prayer. Now, just as we read in the poem, prayer connects us with God. Prayer connects us with God. You want to connect with God? Then you need to enter into prayer. And just pour out to him. And even if you're not like good with your words, you know what? God can make known what your heart is. Even if your words are scrambled, God knows your heart and that's what he's looking at. So be encouraged. If you can't pray, well, you know what? So what? God knows your heart. Just cry out to him. What's on your heart? You know, we sing these songs and man, I hope they're more than songs. But, you know, we sing that one song. I have a friend in Jesus. Do you really believe that? If you have a friend, you are able to speak to him however you you are and whatever's going in your heart. Believe what you are singing. Believe what you are reading. That we do have a friend in God. We do have somebody that we can cry out to. And if even if we don't have the words to say, God will hear our cries. So let's jump into it now. We'll see the prayer of Hannah. Because now she is rejoicing because she just dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. And so we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 2. Then Hannah, and Hannah prayed... And said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. 
So here's the thing. Here's what's going on. It says, I just want to read verse 28 of chapter 1. It says, therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. She's speaking to Eli, right? As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. So then in this act of worship, she enters this time of praise to God, this prayer time, and she is rejoicing in God. Hallelujah, God, thank you for being so faithful to me, giving thanks to the God, uh, to God, the God of Israel. And when it says my horn is exalted, is exalted in the Lord, what does that mean? Her horn, was she like carrying like a bugle with her? You know, or she's like, you know, no, it's referring to her mouth. Her mouth is her horn and she is exalting God. Hannah is literally, we also see that she is literally smiling at her enemies. Why? Because she found favor in God. She rejoices in his salvation. Well, who was her enemy, you guys? The other wife. The other wife. And here she is, she is rejoicing because what the woman was saying to her all these years is no longer. And God did the, uh, the impossible and gave her a child. So after you hear over and over, you can't do this, you are worthless, you can't have kids, you think you can be, you can be used, but you think he really loves you, he loves me, I have all the children. Guess what? That's a lie because now God has blessed her with this child and God time was perfect and, and God's favor fell upon Hannah. So that would cause you to rejoice, right? If your enemy kept on telling you you are a failure and finally, you know, you cry out to God and God comes through in his time, wouldn't that cause you to rejoice? Because what they're telling you is not right. God knew in his time that he would bless Hannah. Man, Hannah states three powerful statements in these first two verses. These powerful attributes of God. Number one, God is holy, meaning God is perfect. Number two, God stands alone. There is no other God. There's only one true God. And number three, God is, God is a rock. He is strong and he is irremovable. And it's my suggestion that, that Hannah is praying this in the temple of God based off of verse 28 of chapter 1. She's there. She, she gives Samuel over to the Lord and she just enters in that time of prayer and thanksgiving to God. So Hannah is coming to the throne of God with respect, with thanksgiving, and honestly, it reminded me of how Jesus told the disciples how to pray. To come to him with that praise and, and, and respect, that awe of God and giving him glory. What a great example for us in our prayer life to give God that respect that he is holy. He is God alone and he is a rock. Now, these two verses are, are wonderful because they apply in our lives even yet today. Because here we see Hannah, who is just praising God, and, and she's giving thanks and honor to the Lord. Just really stirred in my heart is that how many times in my own personal prayer life that I am rejoicing in what God is doing in my life? 
and what he's doing in and through me and what he's doing in and through you all. How many times do I rejoice in that? So many times I get focused on, okay, we got to start praying for the next thing. You know, God, man, this thing is going on. But why don't we just say praise God for, for what you did. Rejoice in the answer prayer that you did. We rejoice just as we clap to God of praise for what Huck happened to Pastor Huck. However that comes, you know, that we need to give that rejoicing. Uh, Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it should be on the screen, rejoice. Always. Rejoice always. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I believe that's the song. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Right? Man, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Man, God answered her prayer, and God answers our prayers. There's something powerful knowing that God hears your prayers. Many times I know that I've prayed and I've said, is God even listening to me? Have you ever been there? Is God listening? Yes, he is. God is listening and he is answering, answering prayers. Let us always rejoice in the Lord. Now, in these verses, we, we see that we need to rejoice in our prayers to God. But we also see three promises of God within these two verses. Now, remember, when it comes to promises, that God is good on His promises. He is good on His promises. So we're going to look at three promises here in these first two verses that is communicated back to the Lord through Hannah. Number one, again, I talked about it earlier, God is holy. Meaning what? He is righteous. Meaning what? God does not make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. You are right where God wants you to be, and you are who God wants you to be. God does not make mistakes. What he does is right. God is holy. God is holy. What's going in your life is okay. God's got this. And he's going to see you through it. And you can count on God. There's not many people that you can count on. Man is going to fail you. And it was on my heart to share with a brother the other day, so many of us base our relationship of God off of other people's relationship with God. Stop doing that. Because man's going to fail you. If you're living your relationship of Jesus Christ through other people, you're going to get let down. But if you base your relationship off of the Holy One, you will never be let down. Because God is holy. Number two, the second promise that we see, that God stands alone. Meaning what? You don't have to be concerned if you're praying to the right God because there is only one true God. And you can come boldly before his throne because of Jesus Christ. So remember who's listening, the one true God. No other gods but him. The one true God is listening. Number three, God is our rock. Meaning what? Why is this a promise? Because God is promising you that he is going to be your strength. 
And he is going to be something you can lean upon, somebody you can cry out to and just seek rest. Oftentimes, you know, if I'm hiking or something like that, which is very far between, but I think, as I said that, of my times when I'm in Honduras and we're hiking those hills into these villages and you're like, when's the next house? Where is it at? And you get tired. You look for a rock to rest upon, to sit, to rest, to eat your lunch, you know? And that's exactly what God is for us in our lives. He is our rock, one that we can take shelter, one that we can take rest in. God is our rock, and we can always lean upon him. So already we see these three, these applications, these three promises of God, and that knowing that we can rejoice and that we ought to rejoice in God And so let's continue on in verses 3 through 5. We see more of the prayer going up to God. So her heart is in in the state of rejoicing in God and his promises. So now in verse 3, she says, Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children have become, has become feeble. So here we see that it seems to me that she is crying out to God. She's praying to God, but yet she has her uh, sister wife, Penina, on her mind, speaking about her actions It's saying that talk no more so very proudly. Because again, you go back to the, 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 what's going on and what God has done. He has delivered her from these harsh and hurtful words of this other woman. And so this other woman must have had a heart of pride saying, I've got all the kids. You have zero. But here we see, let your mouth not speak arrogance anymore. Because Penina was all over Hannah with her words. All over her. Provoked her severely, you guys, to make her miserable. And so here we see just that heart just communicating back to God saying, you know what, let no more arrogance come out of your mouth because God is mighty. So Hannah prayed, knowing God resists the proud words of Peninnah. Didn't he? He resisted them because he granted Hannah a child. Hannah also knows that God is the one with all knowledge. God is calling the shots. Man does not have any final say in life. Meaning what? What this woman was telling her, you know what? Okay, I don't have kids for many years, but you know what? Who has the final answer? Who has the final call? Man or God? God calls the shots. He has the final say. And we also see that God is the judge and he weighs the actions of man. God knows man's heart. Now what a great warning we see within these two verses, verses three through five, three verses. A great warning for those who are walking in pride and in arrogance. Here we see through Hannah, her prayer, God, his spirit, his Holy Spirit, communicating to you and I not to be proudly, not to let arrogance come from our mouths. 
God is specific when dealing with pride. To be honest, I, I truly believe that pride is really intertwined in almost all sin. It comes down to me, right? What I want. And God is specific with pride. Pride is what got Satan in trouble, right? He says, I will be like the Most High. He was prideful. And so the Bible tells us, you guys, it should be on the screen. He says this, and you know, this is a verse that we've put up many times, but really let it soak into your heart tonight. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. God will not stand for pride. Eventually, the pride will fall. The prideful will fall. And many times, haven't we seen, many times in your own devotion time, in the times that you're reading God's word, that those who are prideful, what happens to them? They fall. Their prideful hearts fall. This also points out to you and I, to me, I guess, it points out, we should really check what, our, what words are coming out of our mouth. We need to check our words before we speak them. How often do we actually think about what we speak, but so many times we just are like a, a gun slinger and we just shoot from the hip. We just react and we speak. But maybe we check our words before we speak. Because God is telling us here in his word, let no arrogance come from your mouth. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean that you have to give your opinion. Let the Spirit of God speak through you. And if God is telling you not to speak, then don't speak. It's okay not to answer. But so often we feel that we have to say something, right? This person is asking me something going on, and you start thinking, well, you know, on your own situations and stuff like that. Maybe just wait and let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say, if he wants you to say anything at all. Maybe it's just by your actions. Because oftentimes when I'm learning, our words don't mean nothing. <laughs> they just go over people's heads and they keep focusing on themselves. But God's word impacts a life. Be sensitive to God when he wants you to speak and when he doesn't want you to speak. Man, we must not be arrogant. We don't know it all, right? Arrogance. <laughs> I think we all sometimes battle with that. Arrogance. And, and so I got this cool little story about Arnold Palmer. Uh, I like his tea, the Arnold Palmer teas. Well, it says this. He recalls a lesson about being arrogant or overconfident. It says this. Uh, it was the final hole of the 1961 Masters Tournament. It's a long time ago. I had a one-stroke lead. This is him speaking about it. I had a one-stroke lead and I and had just hit a very satisfying tee shot. I felt I was in pretty good shape. As I approached my ball, I saw an old friend standing on the edge of the gallery. He motioned me over and stuck out his hand and said, Congratulations! I took his hand and shook it. But as soon as I did, I knew I had lost my focus. On my next two shots, I hit the ball into the sand trap, then put it over the edge of the green. I missed the putt and lost the Masters. There's so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. 
This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at grace to the Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel, and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the link, or simply search for Grace to the Hearers on the iTunes store. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.